Welcome to Cash Considerations, the podcast that takes you behind the Las Vegas Sportsbook from the guys that actually work behind it. With your hosts, Alan Berg, Dave Sharapan, and Matoy Pearson. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Cash Considerations is back. We've got a bunch of playoff stuff going on with the NBA and NHL. Uh, our hometown Las Vegas Knights are killing it, swept the L.A. Kings, which was phenomenal. Uh, I mentioned that they needed to get through that series as fast as they could, and they literally did in four games. Incredible stuff. Uh, we're going to talk a little NFL draft. Me and uh, my man Big Dave and Mo are going to go through the top 15 and kind of give our thoughts on where we would pick if we were in those GM shoes. And if we got enough time, we'll try to get to some NBA to uh, make me happy. So, uh, without further ado, let me welcome in the boys, uh, Big Dave. How are we doing tonight? Uh, we're hanging, man. We're we're getting ready. We're just anxiously awaiting the NHL, letting us know when the second round <laughs> is actually going to start. <laughs> it's funny because I feel like both playoffs have their own problems. You know, like the NBA goes four games between games, which is just crazy, and then the NHL is like. Ah, uh, well, let's just wait till every series is over. And the other teams are like, well, shouldn't we get kind of a bonus for finishing people in four games? But whatever. I don't know. Right. The whole thing seems comical either either way I look at it. Mo, what's going on, man? I know you, you just finished up the shift there at Caesars, uh, you know, cleaning things up for us as usual. So what's going on? Man, I'm doing good. You know, good, great, great to be back. You know, we uh, kind of took that day off. Everyone was a little bit busy. And uh, you know it's good to you know go over what we're what we're about to uh, handle tonight. And yeah, man, you know I'm still here, still hanging, you know doing my thing. Yeah, yeah. you want to give a shout out to your man, your boy, Mr. Oakland, eh? Yeah, Sean Manea. I I wanted to go out actually and uh, and uh, let people know that it's not Manaya. Uh, Manaya in Samoan actually means nice. And his is just a regular name, which is crazy. So oh. if I hope anybody who's listening, it's Manea and not Manaya. I keep, you know, and I, I don't even Everybody's saying it wrong. Mo, everybody's right. saying it wrong. Say, wait, hold on. Yeah. Say, it, say it one more time for me. Manea. Okay, totally oh. sounds like you're saying something completely different. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> well, let's, we got a jam-packed show here, so uh, let's, uh, let's hop in. Um, first up, we got to talk about uh, the Vegas Knights for those that do listen in the city for sure. Um, you know, pretty impressive what they did to the Kings. Uh, I did a, a little bit of a breakdown of the series for the game today, my column this week. Um, the hits that they were taking was incredible. Uh, the double overtime game alone, there was over 80 hits delivered by the Kings. But my favorite stat was in games three and four, when they went to LA, they hung right with them and were just as physical. And, uh, you know, they, they of course got, got it where it mattered the most on the scorecard. Um, what, what did you think big Dave of, of the performance? Um, do you, do you have any worries heading into this series with the sharks and uh, you know, is Flurry just going to have this kind of a kind of a run here in the playoffs? Well, as we've seen in years past, teams will ride a hot goalie all the way to the finals. And right now, Flurry is literally—it's like a time capsule. I mean, he's playing like he did when he made those runs with the Penguins uh, early. You know, Murray won the last two cups with the Penguins, but Flurry provided a lot of W's along the way. So the Knights answered the physicality of the Kings all series, uh, especially in games three and four, like you said, 
they're fast, man. They're so fast, and and you just watch all four lines continue to buy in, play their role perfectly. I, I'm, I'm beyond impressed of how they're able to continue to do that. And, you know, they got a scratch here, a scratch there, and the next guy comes in and just plays. And they keep getting it done. The Shark Series is going to be tough. Um, I don't know. I mean, what did you put it out like you did in, in the past columns, looking at it as each game goes along? Yeah, I did the first three. I figured that, um, you know, I talked to to the junkyard, of course, um, who's my, my, you know, go-to NHL guy. And, uh, you know, I just tried to kind of get his thoughts on, you know, how many games he thought they'd get in before my next deadline. And it sounded like, <laughs> like three was pretty much the, the correct number, which is kind of what I correct. figured. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I just kind of talked about the three games, uh, just my thoughts on, you know, like, how I kind of thought game one or game two would go um, and, you know, basis of those two games, how I thought game three would go. Uh, the one thing I'll give out just on the cast is I, I really feel like, um, you know, that the Knights, the Knights are going to be fired up to play at home, of course, uh, like they always are. Um, but I think that it's, it's going to be a tight game. I feel like in game one, I think there'll be a couple overs in the series but I, I kind of lean towards the under in game one more than anything. The under in game one is definitely a play for me because this long layoff and unable to match the intensity of an NHL playoff game for such a long period of time and then literally not knowing until probably tomorrow when they're actually playing to start really getting in that game mode is a lot of sloppy play. Especially, you know, first period, there's a lot of just, you know, unable to make tape-to-tape passes. There's a lot of just uh, getting your feet wet, feeling each other out type of play. So I'm with you 100%. I really like the under in game one. After that, it's going to really be an up-and-down series. And Jones has been so good for the, for the Sharks in goal. I, I don't know yet. We'll see how game one plays out. I, I can't say right now there's going to be a lot of overs, but I expect it to be very close, just like the Kings games were. One goal games, tight games. The team with the most discipline that keeps stays out of the penalty box, I think will win the series. Nice. Yeah, I, I kind of lean that I think the Knights will have enough to beat the Sharks. I just think uh, matchup-wise, they're just – uh, they're the type of team, kind of like what I was saying with the Kings uh, in the first round. The Kings had a shot to beat the Knights because of how physical they played. And the fact that the Knights were able to, as you said, use their speed against the uh, Kings very well while still taking the hits and taking the physicality, but then matching it on the other end with the four check, um, you know, just being there in the right spot at the right time and then relying on Fleury's ability to just make save after save. Um, really tells me a lot about their team. And I, I feel like the Sharks, for whatever reason, I think they just caught a flat-footed Ducks team. I, I don't look at that series as, as strongly as I do of what the Knights did to the Kings. So that's why I think the Knights will win the series. Yeah, I I agree. Right now, push comes to shove. I mean, personal feelings aside, I think the Knights will win the series. But I, I think it's going six or more. It's going six or seven games. I really think that the Sharks will win one of the two games at home in three or four. And um, wouldn't surprise me if they won both. 
I like the Knights and under in game one, um, and we'll see how it plays out. You, you never know these injuries from game to game, too. I mean, guys are playing with torn MCLs like in the Flyers series and things, these, these upper body injuries, lower body. Nobody knows what's hurt, and they just keep coming back out. So, so it's early, and it's I know for your deadline for the gaming today, it's hard. you got to lay out like three games, but – as you can tell, each game is is its own little entity, so it's it's hard to say. But I th- I think it'll be a longer series, obviously, than the Kings and um, you know the Ducks provided for for each one of those teams. Yeah, I, I kind of leaned towards the five and six. That was kind of my. I kind of feel like the the Knights just uh, they looked really good to me, honestly. I, I felt like they went against one of the best defensive teams. Um, Kind of got caught in a couple games playing, I feel like, the Kings style and still won. And and those mm-hmm. are the kind of things that really I have a lot of respect for. Um, you know, I like as an, as kind of a like parallel, um, you know, with how the Predators played against the Avalanche. For If I'm a Preds fan, I'm a little worried because the Avalanche were giving them all they could handle. And those were not easy wins for them. And now you got to roll against a Jets team who looked phenomenal in the first round, who looked phenomenal at home all year. Um, it'd be hard for me not to make the Jets the favorite in that series with, with, with what I'm seeing on the ice. And I think that the Predators built a lot of like respect on the basis of how they closed the season, but they did beat up on quite a few cream puffs on their way there. So um, what are your thoughts on that series as a whole? I mean, if you haven't watched – playoff hockey before and you want to watch some really good playoff hockey it's going to be good every series from here on out is going to be excellent viewing that series is going to be unbelievable i think it's going to just i think it's simply going to come down to whether hellebuck can win the series for them i think it's going to be up and down i think it's going to be um a lot of scoring and the Jets at home are arguably the best team in the NHL at home, and they did look really good. Um, Minnesota had the the, eight, the behind the eight ball a little bit going into the series, sure. But the and the, you know the Jets did what they were supposed to do. They 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 took care. I mean, they outscored the Wild fourteen to three in the four wins that they they had. Yeah. So they they can put the puck in the net. Um, it's going to be great to watch. I'm leaning with you. I think the Jets are going to win that series right now. So uh, as far as the price, I mean, the, the Predators got to be a short favorite just because they have the home ice. But that doesn't mean anything. The, the Jets could go in and take one of the first two games, and then they're the favorite. Yeah, and I think that's the key for Nashville. they got to hold home ice in the, at least in the first two games because I think when you get deeper – you're not as concerned about well, how's this series going to go? It's like, well, we got to win tonight, you know. And I and mm-hmm. I feel like that, you know, uh, if they and if they drop game one or two, they're in real big trouble. I mean, the Jets are, you know, as as Jeff has pointed out a couple times, he's been on the cast. They're just so good at home. It's such a hard building to win in. Um, the Predators are, I suppose, the type of team that could win in that building just because of their playoff experience. In fact, they went to the Stanley Cup Finals last year. Um, but the hunger level, I feel like it's just got to be on the Jets side as well. So for me, I, I think that's a, I think it's Jets and six. I think it'll work out perfectly where they're going to take one game of the first two in Nashville, hold home ice the whole way through. Yeah, that's the way that one shapes up. Um, 
again, that one's going, I, I, I think that one is going six as well. Um, wouldn't surprise me to go seven, but if the Jets are up three, two, they're winning game six. We could say <laughs> that right now. If they're up three, two, they're closing out that series at home. Got to be a strong favorite, I would think. Well, yeah. let's let's uh, let's talk about your boys here in the East. Uh, we now know they're playing the Capitals after being down two nothing at home. Uh, they just rolled through Columbus. Uh, you know, I, obviously, I know nothing about hockey as I had the I love the Jackets and and they looked awesome in the first two games and a bad bounce in double overtime and they're on vacation. So, uh, any anything that scares the Penguins fan in you here with the Capitals, Big Dave. The Penguins own the Capitals. They have for years, and that's what scares me. Um, this is the, the arguably the uh, Jeff and I talked about it for for a number of weeks now. This is the worst Capitals team, just talent wise, that they've had in the past five years. They've had expectations of making it to the Cup Finals for a number of years now, and just run into the Penguins. They cannot beat the Penguins in the playoffs. So now. They have home ice again. They literally, that bad bounce turned into them winning four games in a row against Columbus after losing the first two games in overtime. So they have momentum. They have Holpe as their guy now. There's no question who the goalie's going to be. The Penguins are so bad on the road. I just, that's that's the thing that, that. scares me <laughs> they just they, they haven't been good on the road all season and now they have to go and win at least a game at washington it's going to be a it's going to be a great series to watch another one for a hockey fan or someone just getting into it must watch television it's funny because i feel like maybe the capitals have finally reached the you know shrug your shoulders stage of their run and just go well we're in the playoffs again so no one expects us to do anything so let's just go out and play because yeah, mean, that's, 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 that what, that's scary. Exactly. Yeah. And I was I was actually going to reiterate what you were saying is that I, I can see why if you've owned a team forever and here they are again, you get to the point where they're like, God, they got to beat us at some point, right? I mean, we beat them six times or whatever. It's probably been in the last like nine years. I mean, eventually they got to win one series, right? But, uh, you know, I, I'm not I'm not rushing to, to bet my money on the caps. I can tell you that. Um I, I was trying think, to go uh, over the series price. The series price is literally going to be, I think, minus one ten on both sides to start. It's going to be a, it's going to be a dead coin flip pick'em series. It, it sure feels that way. I uh, will say that. Yeah. Um. So, uh, what about the Leafs? I mean, you know, they forced Game Seven, uh, heading back to Boston. Uh, Impressive I, win tonight, right? I, I don't buy it, though. I don't buy it. This is. <laughs> They're the Cubs of hockey. I've said it for a long time. Uh, they're due to lose in heartbreaking fashion. It wouldn't surprise me if they're up 3-1 in the first and lose like 6-3. That's just how they roll. Um, I'd, it, it could be false hope, but they won a game tonight in, in, a, in a fashion that they don't normally win. True. So, you know, I mean, winning a, a 2-1 with an empty net or 3-1 game, you wouldn't have expected that tonight. So maybe they can carry it over. I don't know. Uh, again, that's another one that you're just going to go, wow. I mean, and Boston's going to come as a big favorite. They're going to be minus like 180 oh, or just something. Pound, just pound the over. Yeah, game's that's flying, probably. Game yeah. seven's flying over. 
Flying over. Same I agree. That, that'll be an over. Half, you can still bet it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that thing's flying over, man. Yeah, that's probably going to be an over. But you're right. It, it, Boston obviously is the favorite. And in that series, I mean, if it's Boston and Tampa, are you kidding me? I mean, every series from here on out is going to be ridiculous. But I don't want to put the cart before the horse. Let's sure. go Maple Leafs. You know, I mean, we're yeah. trying to get the Raptors there. You called it with oh. the Raptors. <laughs> oh, man. I don't think we have enough time to go back to that. We'll, we'll see if we can get there in the NBA so you can hear my Raptors rants. So I got oh, some. excellent. I got some right. for you. All right. Well, uh, let's see. Who Have we missed anybody here now that's still uh, relevant in the playoffs? I think we've pretty much got everybody. Uh, who's sitting waiting in the East for this uh, Bruins series, the Lightning? Yep. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts there, Lightning versus Bruins, Lightning versus Leafs? Uh, if the Lightning play the Leafs, I, I think the Lightning will take care of them actually pretty quickly. I, I'll expect um, a five-game series probably in that one. Tampa wins both games at home. Toronto maybe wins one of the two, and then they close it out in five. No love Tampa. for the 3-1 run. All right. Yeah, and then <laughs> uh, Tampa-Boston I, I, I think will be a, a much tighter series and – It'll be a contrast of styles, just like the Kings and, and Knights were. It'll be speed and, and offense and up and down action against Boston's physicality. And they're gonna they're gonna need Rask to win that series. It's plain and simple. They're gonna get outshot. They're gonna get outchanced. And the goalie's gonna have to win them the series there. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I have to agree. All right. Well. Everyone, we got a we got an NFL draft here uh, coming up on Thursday. We're gonna kind of go over uh, what we would do if we were in the shoes of these GMs. And I can tell from my own personal track record, I've been a much better general manager for my Chicago Bears than the actual GMs of the Chicago Bears. But that's neither oh. here nor there. Nor does anyone care. Uh, but we're gonna go uh, we're gonna go through the top fifteen and uh, kind of briefly go over what we think we would do if we were in these. Uh, in these guys' shoes that are, you know, half of them are incredibly overpaid. Uh, anyways, uh, so we'll bring Mo back in. He's going to be in uh, the pick three spot. Big Dave's got number two, and I'm going to kick things off here with number one, the Cleveland Browns. What a shocker. Number one pick in the draft. Um, I got to tell you, like, I, I don't feel like with what I've seen from all these quarterbacks from the – the combines, the hype, the college tape, all these things. I don't think there's a surefire guy. Okay. So I have picks one and in theory I have pick four. So I'm thinking to myself, well, I want the guy that I think's a pro bowler that I think could play here for the next 10 years, make a difference, whether it be on offense or defense. So for me, I'm taking Saquon Barkley at number one keeping him away from the Giants, allowing the other two teams in front of me to take a quarterback because I think the quarterback pool is deep enough that there's going to be a guy there I like at four, but Barkley will be gone. For me, Barkley's the pick at number one. Wow. Damn it. Just like when we do fantasy drafts, you take my guy. (laughs) It took my guy. Damn it. Mo, oh, my gosh. Do you believe he did that? Yeah, no, it's, I'm okay with it. I, I mean, I don't know. It's it's just so much up in the air with the Browns because they have both picks. I mean, 
I, you know, I, I still think they're going to go with a quarterback because that's just how the Browns are. But, you know, as far as, uh, you know, from Allen's standpoint, I think Barkley going one wouldn't be uh, too bad either. The guy's a stud. So that's fine. That's oh, fine. All right. We got we got Mo Kuyper Jr. over here telling us what's going on. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. All right, so now the New York Giants are number two on the clock, and the Browns just swooped it in and took Saquon Barkley away from him. Big Dave, if, if this happened to the Giants, where do you think they should go it to? Oh, man. Well, short of trading the pick. You can do that. We'll throw that out right now. Yeah. If you want I'm to trade sa- down. I'm, I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that one okay. for another right. pick. Fair enough. The Giants um, – I think the Browns will screw up and take a quarterback. So I think in the real draft, sack one's going to go to the Giants. And I had it all queued up for him to do so. <laughs> but now, now that I cannot take sack one, I think I'm going to take my quarterback of the future. And I think the Giants would screw up completely and take Josh Allen. I think he's going to be the guy there that they're going to take and sit and say, you're not playing. But, you know, we know you've played in cold weather. I'm not taking the Southern California guys second if I'm the Giants. I'm not doing it. I'm not taking okay, Darnold. But, okay, but if it's you, you're the Giants GM, who would you take? Whether or not they would take Allen, which is good good analysis. But if you're the Giants guy, who do you take it to? i take Darnold. Okay, you just said you wouldn't take the USC guy, but you will take the USC guy. Well, only because he's the he looks like the most ready. He okay. looks like the most, you know, I, I like his ceiling the most when you listen to these drafts and mock drafts and stuff. <laughs> the weird thing is everybody's lying. Everybody is lying for no two weeks No one has a clue. No Nobody has, has a clue and they're all lying. So, yeah, I would take Darnold. I just think he's the best guy of all the guys. But Okay. Yep. Fair enough. All right. So okay. at number three now with Barkley and Darnold off the board, we have uh, our man Mo picking for the New York Jets. So as uh, Alan takes Barkley, uh, uh, Big Dave's guy, uh, Big Dave takes my guy. I feel I feel like <laughs> Donald was gonna was gonna land at three. Um, I think Donald's gonna go one in the draft. Still, I mean, I even that's just ridiculous. But um, you know, it's right now. I guess you know for the Jets, they usually would pick a defensive player right here. Chubb <laughs> might be a move they'll end up taking. Uh, but I think you know, just in a quarterback heavy. Uh, type of deal and I even against rumors that I've read I, I think they'll go Rosen if he drops to three so the Jets will go with Josh Rosen uh, at three and not Allen but is that who you'll so, pick yes yeah okay. if I was All the right. Jets I would take Rosen immediately if I Got can it. if he makes it yeah he seems like he would have the most success in New York and everything that comes along with that and being the quarterback there I have to agree. Man. I think he's got a lot of Philip Rivers in him where he don't care. He just yeah. he coming to play football. So Yep. Yeah. I, I, I like that, that aspect of that kid. All right. Young well, Rosen. Young Rosen. So all right, <laughs> we're back to me and I love the way the board has fallen now because if I was the Cleveland Browns, I would have not taken Darnold at one. I would have not taken Josh Rosen at one, and I would have not taken Josh Allen at number one. And at number four, he falls right into my lap, and I would take Baker Mayfield, who I think is going to be the best quarterback in this draft that goes this high. 
little teaser for later. I don't think he's the best quarterback in the draft, but I think he has the best potential to be a Pro Bowl quarterback at the top half of the draft where everyone is projecting all these quarterbacks to go. He has the arm, and my favorite thing about Mayfield, he's a competitor. I think he just has that like it factor that you need in a leader at quarterback. Rosen, I, I don't know. He seems, as I mentioned, Rivers, but I almost feel like there's more Cutler in that guy than Phillip Rivers, so that scares me. Darnold, I, I think, has a ton of potential to be a complete turnover machine. Mayfield, for me, is the guy that I feel like if you pair him with a guy like Saquon Barkley, Jarvis Landry, uh, the future of the Browns, of all these extra things they're going to be bringing into this draft, I think he, he makes a ton of sense for me at number four. Damn, that was pretty emphatic, A.B. You were pounding the table. I heard you pounding the table. That was no. strong, wasn't it, Mo? No, when he heard us take Donald and Rosen, he almost exploded. <laughs> he was waiting to, to, to launch that uh, into the listeners' ears. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm fine with that. That's good. That's good enough for me. Oh, man, we're popping the champagne in Cleveland. Cleveland, if you're having any second thoughts, I'm available on Thursday if you want to fly me in. We'll get Barkley, we'll get Mayfield, and we'll just say, hey, we'll just let the we'll let the interns pick the second round. Let's go. Ah, damn, it's like the real-life oh. draft day right there. Oh, my God. All right, well, moving right along, we got Big Dave up at the number five spot with John Elway and the Denver Broncos. Well, everything that I've read, everything that I've seen, uh, it really sounds like Elway believes that he can take a quarterback and make him the next one. And it hasn't happened recently. There's been a lot of fails there in Denver. Um, They had to go get Manning to go win the Super Bowl, but the drafts haven't worked out. I thought Mayfield was going to be there at five, so you did it to me again. <laughs> I'm an incredible general manager. I don't know. I'm just telling you guys beforehand. You really do a good job with these damn drafts. It's pretty strong stuff. So now I have to take a quarterback, and the best one left on the board, I can't do it. Lamar Jackson is not going to work for me in Denver. Now we're going to take Josh Allen, quarterback in Wyoming. He's been through everything there. We can kind of bring him along. He doesn't have to play right away because Keenum is there, and this is the situation that looks like it's going to work out best for him. So Josh Allen, fifth pick overall, Denver Broncos. I think that's the best spot he could possibly end up in this draft. And for all of the things you just pointed out, um, the only thing I'll throw in to add there is, like you said, he didn't have to play right away because of Case Keenum. He can hold it down until the Broncos realize he can't throw in the flat in November and December um, <laughs> because he has no arm strength, where Allen has a lot of arm strength, so he can handle those kind of elements. Plus, it's going to be a lot like Wyoming, Colorado, very similar uh, with just you know the weather and, and the people and all these things. I think it was a comfortable fit for him, and I'm sure he could learn a lot from Elway. Um, good situation for him. Like If he goes to the Jets – uh, or the Browns, I feel like that's a disaster waiting to happen. You know, if the Browns start 0-3 and, and Tyrod's, you know, not getting 300 yards a game, they'll rush Allen in and you're going to see a complete, you know, just absolute natural disaster unfold. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't – I mean, you guys both agree he can't play right away, right? No. I mean, the guy Zero cannot shot. play no, right yeah. away. I haven't yeah. even seen the Broncos, like – 
you know, their schedule to start off with. But I mean, I feel like I feel like it'd just be impossible for him to, you know, get off to a good start. If anything, if um, you know, just with no experience at all. So, because he's not going to be playing the Mountain West, obviously. So, you know, I'll <laughs> kind of leave it at that right now. I, I he can't even want... light up the Mountain West. I mean, that's the problem. Exactly. Like, you can't put him behind an inexperienced offensive line. You can't put him somewhere that has uh, no run game. And you better put him with some receivers who can catch balls that aren't on target because apparently his accuracy is questionable. So you better sit and watch for a year or two before we actually throw you into the lineup unless there's an injury. Yeah, he needs work. I mean, I, I've seen so many videos of him missing five yard passes that I right. You pointed those out, mind. yeah. So I, 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 you know, I went on record on this podcast as saying that I really thought Josh Allen had a ton of potential, and then I dug deeper into his Wyoming tape, and I went, "Whoa, he is way behind where he needs to be to be this high in the NFL draft." So, yeah, definitely a buyer beware there. All right, at number six, we've got Big Mo uh, going with the Indianapolis Colts, who, as he pre- referred to before the show, as, wow, what a mess of picks I have. <laughs> Another bottom feeder pick for Mo. <laughs> yeah, this is <laughs> – I wish I could just pick a miracle. I think that's what I uh, told you guys. Earlier, <laughs> right. when we were kind of going through the lineup. Um, I, man, a lot of, a lot of um, uh, uh, you know, the more or less of the – mock drafts have a Quentin Nelson going uh at six and I think that's fine um you know as far as the you know to anchor something uh to you know get the rebuilding going it's always good to at least get the you know offense or defensive line you know in the trenches that's where the the best teams uh you know kind of make their mark but I figure I think the the best defensive player the the one that's going to have the longevity uh, of as far as a career is a uh, Raquan Smith who reminds me of Patrick Willis and if, uh, you know, they wanted to get something going, they better get it going on defense immediately. So I feel like Rokon Smith right here at, at six for uh, the Colts should be a good move. And I think it'll pay dividends later uh, from a personal perspective. Nice. So I like it. I like the I like the little tiny bit of a reach with uh, with our boy uh, Webb still on the board. But I like it. I, I've been a huge fan of that kid. I think he's a Pro Bowl level linebacker. Um, interesting pick. I liked it. I think it's okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to fire me immediately as soon well, as he well, just what, dies out. Well, picking at seven for Tampa here with what's going on, I mean, I, I got to take I gotta take Bradley Webb. I mean, that's a you know a guy that or should – Or Chubb. Chubb. Wait, is it Chubb? Chubb. Bradley Chubb? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. See, I told yeah, you, yeah, my, yeah, def- yeah, yeah. my defensive acumen is not as strong. I, I, let, I leave that to the guys <laughs> that run the D. But uh, yeah, I would take I would take him here. Um, he's showing you know the most like talent as far as uh, rushing the edge. Um, you can't ever have too much of that. So um, while Tampa has other holes, I think this is kind of one of those things where you just take the best player on the board when they jump off the page like a guy like that does. It's the right move for Tampa at seven. Well, yep, yep. Like yep. you Six. said, they got they got a lot of holes to fill. So. If you can get a guy who can anchor a defensive line spot for eight to ten years, ideally at an uh, elite level at some point, you got to take him. Well, now you compare him with JPP. So, oh, okay. Yeah, that's the other thing I like about that about that guy falling to Tampa. I think that's, that's pretty strong. All right, Big Dave, you're up next here with uh, my boys, the Chicago Bears. And the biscuit about to wreck shop in week one with that garbage line they put out. Can't wait. 
Bring on Green Bay. Sunday Night Football. Let's go. What is the line for that game? I didn't Nine. Even Nine. Come on. Nine. Wow. Who's picking 14th in the draft this year? The, yeah. team that's getting, the team that's laying nine? All right. Wow. No respect. We'll no see respect. We'll on Sunday night, Green Bay. <laughs> man, he's bringing it in April, Mo. Oh, he's fired up. No. <laughs> no, he immediately told me as soon as he seen the line. I said, I'm just going to let him simmer down before I talk about it. Listeners, if you hit a couple parlays this week, next week, the following week, a month from now, if that you still see nines out there on the Bears at, on the road at Green Bay, please do yourself a favor and go get some nine. And just wait for September to go cash. <laughs> just put it at the bottom of a couple parlays yeah, now. Yeah, have it just all keep right, baby. Go. It's all right. Keep it baby. in a box. Just let it. Just let it fly. Just let it. Let fly. it soar. <laughs> oh man, love it. All right. So I got. I got to take someone here at eight for the Bears with this. With you know with with uh. I mean, it sounds like he's Dick Buck. Dick Buckus right now. I mean, he's so excited <laughs> about these Bears. I got a lot of pressure. Um, all of the mock drafts say. Uh, they got to take a defensive player because they've done some offseason moves and got the biscuit. Uh, my boy, Allen Robinson, at wide receiver. They went and signed uh, Taylor Gabriel, another wide receiver, and then they signed a tight end from the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Burton. Yes, sir. So they're shoring up the offense with free agency. So I feel like they're going to go defense in the draft. And apparently the best defensive back, cornerback in the draft, is a guy named Denzel Ward from Ohio State. That's who I pencil in here for the Bears at number eight. Denzel Ward, cornerback, Ohio State. I like it. Solid pick. Yeah, for me at that spot, it would with uh, when my boy Rokon Smith off the board at six, I would have wanted uh, Ward or Nelson, uh, the offensive lineman from Notre Dame. So solid pick, solid pick. All right, Mo, we're moving on to San Francisco. Your boys, you get a pick for them. What do you got? Oh, man, there's just so many players that can, you know, talented athletes that can go here, you know, for the 49ers. They need a bunch. Um, Oh, man, this is rough. (laughs) (laughs) This is rough. That's like I'm actually picking for them. You're nervous. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I don't want to say anything ridiculous. Okay, um, this is so brutal. Uh. I, I feel like Nelson's the move, you know, especially if someone to anchor the the line for the for the Niners for Garoppolo. But oh, I just I still I think Minka Fitzpatrick is going to be a he's going to be a name like people are going to be talking about here, um, you know, uh, for for years to come. I think he's I think he's a great athlete and you can play him in so many different positions on the defensive side of the ball. Not only that, but he can return punts and kicks, um, and somebody like that can transcend the Niners. Uh, immediately uh, make an impact uh, being a young guy he's, you know he played at Alabama so uh, you know he, he's got the mindset of a, of a you know a winning defensive player and I think that's what the Niners need uh, especially coming off those years where they were great on defense and you know they kind of uh, been stifled uh, with the carousel of coaches so I Minka Fitzpatrick is, is is the move here for the 49ers I just can't pass up on him nice can't do it I think a lot of people might think Derwin James might be the one, but I think I think Minka Fitzpatrick's for real. Crazy closing speed, the dude's a freak. Um, Nothing wrong with taking a defensive back or a safety from Alabama. Usually works right. out pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think the same thing about Ward. I feel like all the Ohio State defense or uh, defensive backs are insane. Mm-hmm. So Bears should be getting theirs if they go with Ward. Nice. Well. Uh, let's see here. So we got 
Our top four quarterbacks are off the board. I was kind of thinking this is a spot where maybe there's a trade. And I think there will be a trade here. So I'm going to throw a wrench into the draft here at number 10. We have the Raiders. And I'm going to have the Raiders moving down to 15 for the Arizona Cardinals who are going to come up and take Lamar Jackson. Wow. Quarterback Louisville. Um, to me, the the Cardinals need some things. Uh, they have offensive line problems. Um, Nelson would be a great pick for him if they traded up to get this. But at the end of the day, we all know there's only really one position you make these kind of moves for in the NFL draft. Um, Jackson has a ton of potential. And with Bradford there, ideally he won't have to play. Um, we know he will because Bradford's yeah. there. <laughs> Um, but with that said, I think it's a, it's a guy that he can learn from. Um, even if he has to play like Deshaun Watson, um, talent levels off the charts. Uh, I think playing in that environment will be good for him. He's got a great running back to go to. He's got a veteran hall of fame wide receiver to throw to. Um, great guy. I think to build your franchise around, if you have the right tools for me, Arizona makes a lot of sense. Uh, to come up there to 10, hop Miami and Buffalo, who might be looking at Jackson at that point, and uh, trade down. Uh, Oakland trades down to 15. So I got Lamar Jackson at 10. Okay. So, Big Dave, you have got number 11, the Miami Dolphins. What a mess. The Dolphins, (laughs) I have no idea. We went through and signed the picks, and you said, Dave, you got 11 with the Dolphins. I'm like, oh, God. True story, folks. Uh, that was exactly what he said when he's like, "Yeah, hey, I was like, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry, I don't know. that's how it fell, man." What do you want me to tell you? Well, it looks like the best available guy that's still on the board that probably should have been taken and hasn't in our mock draft is this Quentin Nelson guard from a Notre Dame, right? Yeah. He's still available. That's who I got to pick. I got to, I got to try to keep, um, you know, our quarterback on the field. You know, we we, we got to we're bringing him back from injury and. I, I got to take the best available offensive lineman. So, you know, with no better option and no real trade opportunity, I think we're going to go with him. We're going to take Quentin Nelson, guard Notre Dame. Yeah, I think that's a smart play, um, especially, like you said, with the guy coming off injury. And at worst case, the Dolphins are picking in the top three next year, can draft their quarterback of the future with a second-year guard. So, <laughs> win-win. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, we'll see. All right, Mo, Buffalo Bills, what do we got? Number 12. Oh, man. You know, it's rough. I mean, most of the, you know, the better quarterbacks are the ones that, um, you know, the the, mo- the more hype quarterbacks are already taken. I feel if like anyone's going to trade up for a quarterback here, boys, isn't it Buffalo? That's what I would think. Yeah, I, I mean, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, so I, you know, as far as the Bills not getting any of them in our mock draft right now, uh, you know, the, the best one that they could possibly get, who I think is still, you know, pretty talented, if he doesn't fall too far, uh, is Mason Rudolph. <laughs> so without, without a lot of thought uh, going uh, behind this right now, and the Bills need a lot of help, I think uh, I'll go with Rudolph uh, just as a cop because the rest of them are gone. <laughs> so I, I'll roll with Mason Rudolph for right now uh, to, to Buffalo, and they'll be happy about that, I figure. The only thing with Buffalo is that I hope, for their sake, they don't take a quarterback because my man A.J. McCarron is going to light it up in Buffalo. But he got to get some help. He needs some receivers, people. Yeah, we don't have any receivers off the board. Nah, I guess that's fine. It's not a big receiver yeah. draft. That's the problem. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, especially for the team needs, like for yeah, the ones right. in the in the front runners. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, I am up for the thirteenth overall, the Washington Redskins, who I think Jesus. at this point in the draft would be absolutely thrilled to see my man Trey Main Edwins from Virginia Tech still on the board. Um, that kid looks like he's going to be an absolute beast, and he's only going to be nineteen on draft day, which is insane. Um, uh, tons of talent. Um, they've been comparing him to, uh, you know, the great linebackers of, you know, the last couple of years. So for me, Edmonds is the pick too much talent to be on the board that long. So that'd be the, that'd be the Redskins got to take the best player right there. Big Dave, we only got a couple minutes left. So we're going to have to bulldoze through these quick ones here. We've got number 14, the green Bay Packers. Who do you got? I don't know what the hell the Packers are doing. Um, I really don't. <laughs> I'll I'll say they'll take the number one receiver on the board at this point. They'll take Calvin Ridley from Alabama, wide receiver. They'll try to get him into uh, Jordy's spot and give Rodgers another weapon for a year or two, see what happens. Cool. That makes sense to me. All right, Mo, I sent you Oakland, swapped you out Arizona. So what are the Raiders going to do? Well, it's crazy because uh, you picked Edmonds, and the Raiders have been looking at Edmonds and, and, and Roquan, and they're they're gone, <laughs> obviously, in our mock draft here. Jeez, <laughs> um, I mean, right now I feel like they, the Raiders haven't been able to cover anyone, and I feel like linebacker might be good. Josie Jewell from Iowa is a, a good pick, but I think Josh Jackson uh, has all the fits from, from Iowa as well um, at, at corner. So I think Josh Jackson here to the Raiders, if they can't get a linebacker, I think someone like this should be fine. So, um, and it's hard because I, I could have went with Derwin James, but I'll go with Josh Jackson as a lockdown corner in uh, in Oakland, soon to be Las Vegas. Beautiful, right? All right, fellas. So, real brief, uh, I'm just going to give you kind of quick quick synopsis of my NBA thoughts. Uh, the Raptors are who I thought they were, as always. Can't win on the road. Uh, <laughs> they'll probably finish the Wizards in seven somehow because that's what they do. Uh, ugly finish to that game with the terrible call on Bradley Beal to foul him out. And then I feel like the repercussion of that was the Raptors couldn't get a call inside the paint in the last two minutes. Horribly, horribly uh, brutal officiating game to watch. Um, the league wants LeBron and the Cavs to advance, not the not the Pacers. No question. Uh, but I'll tell you what, out of four games, I feel like the Pacers have been the better team in every game. They're not going away easy. Thankfully for the Cavs, they're playing at home two out of three. But don't be surprised if the Pacers pull that off. Uh, Celtics box is a hell of a series. Uh, one coach is completely out coaching the other, but he just doesn't have the talent level the Bucks do. Um, that's going to be really interesting. And let me close here. What do you guys think about this Warriors Pelicans matchup we're staring at? Uh, I'm impressed with the Pelicans. They really showed me something, but. They're going against Golden State. If Steph's back, Golden State's winning the series. Definitely agree. Gentry uh, is going to be trying to outcoach Kerr because he was already there. And uh, I'm, I'm definitely. I want to see how Rondo and uh, our boy Drew Holiday do against uh, Steph and, and and Clay in the in the backcourt. I think that's going to be just as big as a uh, AD versus KD, which I think everyone in in the media is going to be all over. Yeah, totally. I, I think if nothing else. It's going to be entertaining. Like, the series is going to be great. One thing I will say, man, Rondo was an absolute beast when the playoffs start. It's incredible how that guy turns it up. Um, it's going to be a fun series. I, I don't see the Pelicans winning if Steph's healthy. 
If he's not healthy, all bets are off. I, I don't know what the Warriors will do without that guy. What's the series price? What do you think? Um, if they do oh, it'll up. be way too high, whatever it is. Yeah, I, I think you're going to see a ton of square money on the the uh, on the Pelicans just because, you know, they won 4 nothing. Everybody probably wants the Warriors to lose and all this nonsense. Um, but, yeah, it, to me, it's just going to come down to Steph's health. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, who's, yeah, yeah. who's going to win uh, the the Celtics and Bucks real quick? I I think the Celtics are going to find a way to win the series. I think they edge it out. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Celtics advance. I just got to go with Stevens. The guy's a lord. He's a young lord. He's too good. I can't bet young lord him. like Lord Mo. Man, he's too good. He's All right, we good. got we got about five seconds each. Anything to close, Big Dave? Go Sixers. I'm All riding right. the Sixers. Mo, go Knights. Go Knights. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. We hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, AB signing off for Cash Considerations. Pacers, 